Hey, hey, yo, this is Brian. Uh, this episode is episode 44, I believe. Um, had Colin Haggerty from Ship and Sail on. Uh, the original intention was to talk about the uh, Bright Eyes compilation record that Colin organized that, that he plays on, my band plays on. A bunch of local bands and some non-local bands doing covers of um, Connor Ober's The Bright Eyes song. Um, so we talked about that a little bit, but then we kind of meandered off into a bunch of random topics. Um, Colin's walked out of my bathroom. We just finished the recording. Uh, made some coffee that was way too strong. But overall, good episode. Uh, you can check out the compilation at um, the Ship and Sail Bandcamp. I believe it's shipandsail.bandcamp.com. It's also in the link in Colin's Instagram bio, ship underscore and underscore sale. Um, follow that link. Check out all the music. A lot of good bands, like I said. Um, and then February 8th is, uh, is Colin's birthday, and he's playing a show at Pat's house in Ipsy um, with Big Vic, Young Ritual, right? And me doing a solo set. So um, be there for that. Message somebody for the address. Uh, thanks for listening, I guess. Yeah. Also, stick around to the end because Colin's going to perform a new song. Okay. Hello, Colin. Hello. Again. Welcome back to Invite the Neighbors Podcast Network. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give me the intro. Give me the intro. Uh, this is Invite the Neighbors Podcast. We are here today. This is episode Colin. 44. Episode 44. Get a load of that. And 45 might be my pal, right? Uh, which pal is that? Jay Cobb. Yes. I think that might be Jay Cobb. Jacob. At, at some point. Did I just spoil something? No, no, no. He's coming on. He's coming no. uh the on Tuesday, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He'll be here and you won't, right? No, I'm not coming for that. Is there any personal religious reasons why you won't be here for that? Or? <laughs> yeah, I have my vow to grad school and I have class that night. Oh yeah, I forgot you're a scholar. It's really easy to forget. Yeah. It's the glasses forget. though, I should know. <laughs> it helps. It helps. What are you studying? I don't know if I've ever asked you what you're actually studying. Uh, higher education student affairs. There's probably audio, audio record of you telling me that. So I can't Maybe. even pretend that I Maybe. don't know that. Maybe yeah, I don't. I don't always tell people all about it because it's like nobody's like, oh, I know what that is. Is it a, let me ask you this. Is it a passion of yours? Yeah. I like working with students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like. I like working in campus recreation. So that's the career path. I work oh. at the rec center at Eastern, so. Like setting up leagues and stuff? No, that's not what I do, but my friend does that. Somebody does that, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, that's the, the intramural person does that. I do facility stuff. Oh, okay. Today I carried a bunch of chairs. That's. It was, it was uh, it's noble. Yeah, you know, I'm strong now because I did about 40 chairs up and. 40 up, uh, chairs? Up and down two flights of stairs. Depending on the chair, that's pretty impressive. It's like one of those white folding chairs. Eh, okay pretty heavy when you graduation party chair i can only carry two at a time because i'm not well i wasn't strong so that's 20 trips up and down how many stairs are we talking two flights four or five oh wow two flights and each one it's like one of those ones that goes down and then has a platform and goes down again that's one and then does that again gotcha forgive me i have to transition from being a podcast guest into being a podcast host (laughs) My shirts don't fit now after I did that because I'm just jacked. Because so. you're just jacked? Yeah, I was going to say, that shirt looks tiny on you, dude. Yeah. yeah, it's embarrassing. I mean, 
it, the little teddy bear on it kind of gave it away that it was probably a child shirt. But I love the things, the liberties I can take having an audio podcast. But yeah. we are here, I believe, to talk about one, whatever comes up, but more than one. One A, that's one B. One A is the Bright Eyes compilation. Sure. And yeah. so... I was lucky enough to be a part of that. Lucky as in I saw the Facebook post recruiting people at the right yeah. time yeah. before it was, the roster was full, yeah. which turned out we needed some alternates anyways because yeah. not everybody uh, yeah, 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 yeah. ended up on it. Anyways. For, you know, not, not you, knocking them, you know, life gets in the way. Yeah. You did four wins. Did four wins, yeah. Which is uh, one of my favorites, of course. It's a, yeah. One of the hits, you know. Um, and I was glad that you did four wins because I, I wanted to do something from uh, Casadega and then I ended up switching because um, when I saw him live, I thought that when he did Empty Hotel by the Sea, it was like the best performance of the set hmm. and it just made me want to do that song instead. But um, It's interesting when you see a live a song live that makes you feel differently than the way you saw it, like you heard it on the record kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, I forget what song I was originally going to do, but I won't, but Casadega is my favorite, um, Bright Eyes record. How do you feel about the People's Key? Honestly, I just have not listened to it that much in, at least in comparison to the other records. It's like, it's good. I think it's, it's a lot noisier than some of their other stuff. Right. And not to say that noisy as in like noise rock genre it's not like that but it, you know compared to like i'm wide awake it's morning it's a lot more uh i feel like there's more frantic energy yeah um still same old connor Oberst with like super long intros and like spoken word sections that are just like mm-hmm. oh i get it you're an artist but uh yeah. yeah it's a good it's a good record it's worth putting on absolutely i love on the on the cover record that we made. Yeah. I love that. I love the album cover a lot that uh, Nikki made. Um, like inspired by Fevers and Mirrors. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah, I thought that was uh, really kind of cool. has like a hanging mirror and um, the title. It's it's cool if you keep quiet, but I like singing. Came up with by Zito. Um, yeah, I just what, love, is the, that, love the Are those cover lyrics? Because I wasn't familiar. Yeah, those are lyrics to um, The Big Picture, which was the song that he actually ended up doing. He, I think he switched to it after. Oh, okay. Like late. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's super long and just a super well done version. It feels very Conor Oberst like his, yeah. his version of it. Um, but just like very stripped down, very raw. I love it. Um, were there any songs that you were hoping would get covered that didn't make it? Um, I don't know. Some people did some really, really like Heather Cook did Mamo Borthwick, and I really wanted like there was like s- sections of him that I wanted to get covered, mm-hmm. and she covered that for me like that like the same as like mine the salutations like album I would have taken any of those, um, so I was really happy about that. And then Tanner Young Adult Fiction did a new song that's not out. Oh, and I thought that was really cool too. So no, I didn't really. Th- I wish somebody did a better Oblivion Community Center cover, but at the same time, it's you know I'm just happy that everybody did one that meant a lot to them. Yeah. So, what 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 kind of gave you the idea originally? Um, I did a Slaughter Beach Dog cover, 
um, for a uh, motorcycle, or no, it's called bicycle.jpg uh, because they have that EP called motorcycle.jpg, which I thought was a great title. Yeah. Bicycle.jpg. So um, <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. So somebody uh, organized that and um, I did a cover of Friend Song for that. And then from there, I just thought, like, I could do a good job organizing a cover compilation, probably. Um, and I like Connor Oberst and yeah. so do some of my friends. I, you know, my dream would do to do an Avid Brothers one, but I don't think I could get as many people that yeah, I Yeah, easier to cast a wide net with Bright Eyes yeah. in this scene, I think. Yeah, um, in this scene for sure. So it, um, so it worked out really well. You know, I pretty much exactly the number that we have on here um, minus a couple got on like are the ones that asked me we got like 15 people that asked me i think we put 12 tracks on here you know um so it was pretty cool um i think most people are from michigan maybe everybody no uh heather cook's not from michigan serenzi is not from michigan those are friends of mine serenzi i actually know through being a big ava brothers fan oh nice. so i know that if i ever do do the ava brothers cover album i got serenzi uh serenzi yeah. will do one with us uh so that'll be cool. They're uh, one of my favorite bands out there. Um, and same with Heather Cook. They're both wonderful. And they actually are produced by somebody who mastered one of my records, Doug Gallo, at AGL Sounds so, in New Jersey. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. And then Kevin's from, well, Kevin lives in Michigan. Kevin's from Nashville and Michigan Nashville, yeah. and whatever else. Yeah, who knows anything about Kevin? He's. I'm convinced that he's capable of being in, like doing a force ghost sort of thing where he can be multiple places at the same time. Yeah. Maybe. But he survives it every time. Yeah. That's a, that's a Star Wars reference for my fellow nerds out there. You know, I, I love uh, I love Star Wars. Did you see the most recent one? I did. And I loved it. You loved it? I loved every single one of the Star Wars movies. And that's why all Star Wars fans probably are like, what's wrong with you? No, I also don't understand any of it. I'm just a, I just watched it and was like, I'm wow, glad you this said is that. Great. I don't really understand a lot of it either. Like in the yeah. sense of like, I know who the main characters are. I guess I understood it when I was watching it. Maybe I think here's what maybe this is what you're trying to say because this is what how I feel. Correct me if I'm wrong. You don't know all the characters and who they are necessarily, <laughs> and you don't know like who comes from what planet and like what is going on in the war and like the past wars, like all the details that everyone you know. Yeah. I don't know. I just like the pew pews and like the, the like, Skywalker thing. And like, it's like when I'm like, I just played the Jedi video game too, which everybody keeps telling me. I have to remember what the title is called. If I'm going to talk about it, Jedi fallen order or whatever. I cool. played it I, and it was great, but it's like, I know what the mission is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And nothing else. Yeah. Um, and it's the same when I watch the movie, I'm like, all right, I know what he's going to do, but I don't know yeah and and i don't remember it like when when characters pop up like the in the in the movies now i'm like is that a new person or is that a yeah. callback i don't know but i watched them all in like a week and it was great really yeah. in preparation for this new one or like no i just like it was when disney plus came out oh i still don't have that and it was great i loved all the movies hmm. they were fun i thought the second to last like the the penultimate one was was my favorites meh. are the ones about um like anakin oh the first three like the, the like the, the yes. early 2000s ones the second three well yeah the first three 
Oh, One through three. A, that's a flaming hot Cheeto of a take, dude. I don't know if they're the mm-hmm. best movies. That's the ones you like, though. I like the I like the story of Anakin. I think we have time to kill, so do, I'll go on movies a little bit. We rarely ever talk about movies on this podcast. You and I watched today. What dinner for schmucks? Really? Yeah. It was Steve very... Carell and uh, Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, I didn't remember a lot of. I it. thought that it was, was like good. that was like the movie version of like a adult mid tempo contemporary soft rock <laughs> like that's, i was just like this is so I mean, generic and like <laughs> i love it because i but i love paul rudd and i love and paul rudd Steve too Carell, but like paul rudd just like gets a pass for me except for ant-man i have not seen it and i and i'm i watched like half of it and i didn't finish it so i'm just kind of like but have you ever seen any are you a david lynch fan mm, i don't even know who he is off the top of my head uh twin peaks mulholland drive Oh, dude. Dude, oh, I'm streaky dude. with movies, man. I'm not a big movie guy, but... Well, David Lynch is like this... He's like a true uh, artist in the in the truest sense of the word, like avant-garde. I wish you know? I could like put this up on people's screens while they were... Oh, yeah, this. yeah. But, yeah, Twin Peaks, the first oh, two yeah. seasons were like the early 90s, and it's like... Yeah, I know this guy. It's just really fucking good, dude. I won't ruin it for you. Like, Did you watch John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch? No. Oh man, that just came out recently, right? Christmas Eve, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I haven't watched it. I think we talked about this. I'm not the biggest John Mulaney fan. I, 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 don't, I don't like wait outside to get the new John Mulaney. You know what I mean? I know, but it, but it was good. It was different than. Was it just him doing a special? Is it just no. his next special or no. like? I didn't it's think a, so. It's a children's musical special. Oh Jesus! Oh yeah, we talked about this. It's crazy. Now that I remember, it's very good. Is it actually for children? It's not like inappropriate. Okay. There's a lot, there's adult jokes, but it's like one of the, uh, the most adult part is he's like, they put a list of, spoiler alert, by the way. Yeah, yeah. They put a list of the like last like eight New York mayors and like, put them in order, kids. <laughs> but it's never like making disgusting references. Yeah. Um, in vain of the kids or anything. They ask the kids a lot of questions and the kids are hilarious. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just really want to have someone who knows David Lynch on this podcast now. I just got done watching his... It's like a cult classic as Twin Peaks. Yeah. It's, it's worth checking out. It's, I hear it's great. It's fucking um, unbelievable. Um, well, It's an undertaking. I, though, I shouldn't right? say that. It, it's only two seasons. Oh, really? First season's like... And the first season's eight episodes. The second one is like 22. So it's about Ooh, three seasons wow. worth of cool. content. I like that, though. I'd, I would love if every show was doing, like, 22 episodes a season. Yeah. Well, actually, there's actually a season three. But Okay, so the first two seasons, the show was getting canceled, but they knew ahead of time so that they could wrap it up by the end of season two. And then it became a cult phenomenon, and then they put out season three in 2017 with a lot of the original cast, like, 25 years later, which season two, back in, like, 91 or 92 or whatever, ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah. In a way, I mean, it, it, if it if it was just those two seasons, it would have felt wrapped up in a way, like in a very artistic way. It yeah. could have been done, but they did more. So I don't know. I haven't seen season three yet. Gotcha. Yeah, I won't. I won't keep talking about Mulholland Drive. Two is a fucking crazy movie. He's a, that's the first thing I watched by David Lynch, and by the time I got done with it, I was like, oh, he's genius. Okay. Did you watch The Irishman? I did. I loved it. I watched it in two parts, actually. Like, I, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't sit through the entire thing because like, I turned it on too late when I first started watching it. I started at like 11 p.m. one night thinking like, okay, I can get done be maybe sleeping by one. And then I saw the, you know, the tracker 
the time tracker. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's long. But it's really good. I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. I like, I knew it was really long. So I like waited until like I woke up one morning on a Saturday and didn't have anything to do and just like crushed it in a sitting. I it thought it was awesome. The biggest uh, surprise, not surprise, but the thing that I enjoyed most was the fact that Al Pacino was actually like really good in it. <laughs> yeah. I think like it Pacino can be hit or miss. Yeah. Not that I'm like the an expert or anything, but I thought him playing Jimmy Hoffa was fascinating. He was a really he did a really good job. And I just liked that movie because it was really cool to see like what the Teamsters were all about. You know, right. even though it's it's fictionalized, you get a right. sense of like, okay, even though we don't know exactly what happened to Jimmy Hoffa, I feel like there's enough here for us to make a reasonable inference. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's what it's all what Frank said before he died. And now was that based on true stuff that he said? Yeah. Okay. It's that movie is like very true to a book called I Heard You Paint Houses that was written by I think his name is Chuck Brandt or Chuck Bryant and uh some may no, maybe no Chucky O'Brien is somebody else, but I forget <laughs> who the author Chucky is. Chucky He wrote the he wrote the book and he was the lawyer for Frank Sheeran. The Ray Romano character? I don't know. The guy well, Ray Romano plays the lawyer in the in the movie. Yeah, but I don't know if it was the same. Oh, okay, or what. I got you. And he was like interviewing him as as like he was dying and stuff. Or oh. not as he was dying, because he like starved himself to death actually. But as he was getting old. Oh okay. in like in a home and stuff, he was interviewing him and like ah. he was confessing this stuff. Have you read the book? No, my dad did though. Sounds really fascinating. Sounds now. great, yeah. And they and he added more to it because he like admitted more after the book was so out. So Frank admitted that he killed Jimmy Hoffa? Yeah, he confessed it. Oh my god. Surprised that it just to this guy. Maybe I missed it. Is that, is that not all over the news when it when he confessed that or like I don't think it came out until after he died, maybe. Wow. And it's and this was like right before he died too like when he's super old and like yeah because we were never old enough um, to like really and live he just through it. The, the truth is i guess all we can really say is that this guy said that yeah he told him he wrote right that he told him right wow man. there's not like a recording of it right you're not gonna find the body you know there's not gonna be real closure right. um but like you know we never we weren't like i said we weren't old enough to grow up through this but like our parents generation i feel like jimmy hoffa was like the man like when he disappeared it was like all over the place there's like mm-hmm. i remember seeing stickers still in like in this area that said like have you seen jimmy hoffa or something like that really yeah that's crazy yeah it's just wild connor obers jimmy hoffa same podcast um, <laughs> yeah sure. why so other than the fact i'll go back to the the comp Okay. Um, so other than the fact that like you saw that that song live and it inspired you like content wise like lyrically is there like something in that song that you like connect yeah. with or is there is it lyrics yeah so drove it's the decision or it's it's um apparently a completely fictional story about um somebody who just kind of like got himself in too deep with people and like in drinking trouble? and drugs and stuff okay. and died um and the whole thing is that he'll like have his feet up and be eating great big plates of food in this empty hotel by the sea 
pretending that he's on top of the world, but mm. he just dies and like every people do not forgive him and all these things. He says, I can't forgive you and I'll never sing your praise, you know, things like that. I know that he doesn't talk about his brother who died. And Connor Overs? Yeah. His brother actually died? Yeah. Oh, okay. And he doesn't really talk about it much besides saying that he drank himself to death. Oh, and I okay. And I do think that this is not like a true story, but I think it's inspired by that. Maybe. Maybe that was a way for him to like way. get some of that emotion out yeah. without being personal. Right. And like, I don't feel this way about my brother. I, like I have forgotten. I never really held a lot against him, you know? Yeah. And I, and yeah, I had a brother. I have oh, multiple you? brothers and one died. And, oh, okay. And I never really held any like bad things against him. Sort of. I did it. Was points, it a similar like, cause we, or? Yeah. Okay. Um, and like, I never held any like too much ill will against him. I was like angry. Yeah, so I don't feel this process. way, but still like the, the song still just like invokes so, some kind of emotion that I can. Yeah. Understand. So like maybe it was the same thing for you as it was for him. Like, you know, you uh, yeah. have like a brother pass due to something like that, but you can have something that relates to it and lets you feel what you need to feel without really being yeah. autobiographical. Right. That makes yeah. cool. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, and I always just love the song anyway. And then, so I did it and then Mike Higgins came in and just made just did some amazing drums and it was super easy from there that's one thing that i so like i chose four wins originally i wanted to do at the bottom of everything yeah that would have been good too yeah that's but we got first day of my life so yeah first day of my life is great that kevin did that yeah um and i can't believe how well he's saying on that kevin's got a really good voice i didn't i knew he had a good voice for like what he does yeah i didn't know how well it translates into like this kind of stuff which i didn't know that he also does no kevin like it's 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 easy for me to forget sometimes that like he is a really good singer because of like the type of music he plays yeah and it's like beautiful yeah he had a i I really like i mean kevin like a lot of people might not know but kevin probably tells everybody he loves dave bazan pedro lion like he's he's told me that that, like he thinks dave bazan is like the best songwriter and and he's a great singer too yeah so like i totally hear i heard a ton of like kevin dave volleyball yeah i heard a ton of dave bazan in his cover of uh yeah of of the bright eye song yeah um but yeah four wins the reason I think it took me so long to get it done was because I was so intimidated by the arrangement and mm-hmm. I still am not like super proud of it. Honestly, like I'm, it's a, it's all right. You know, I'm like, okay with it, but I wish I would have done more to kind of like do that song justice. Like I didn't have any drums. Yeah. I hear you. you know, I wish I would have done, but the lyrics to that song, I think are great. It's one of, one of the songs where it it could be a standalone poem. I mean, yeah. most of his songs are like that, just because he's he is who he is. But yeah. that song, especially, I think, is just a masterpiece. I really love that song a lot, and just that album, just like that, came into my life at a time that it just was perfect, and always comes back. You know, it always comes back at some point every year or every couple months or whatever. Yeah, and like that's that's one I really enjoy, like putting on putting on vinyl. And like, uh, just listening front to back. I don't have it on vinyl. My buddies, well, I don't have any vinyl, but my two of my friends have it on vinyl, and I like to put that on, especially because some of them will complain about the intro being too long. I'm like, dude, it's it's just an intro. It's you get you get through it. It's great. I uh, I have a lot of vinyl. 
I wish like that's one of the habits that like if I ever start making real money, I will that will be the first new thing that I get into is yeah, getting a record player player and starting a vinyl collection. It sucks sometimes. Sometimes I feel very obligated to buy a record because I don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to miss it. Yeah. You mean like miss like the first I just like have this or? yeah, and I just have this like obsession about it. Well, I think... And I love it, but... Yeah, then that's good. Like, a lot of people collect... I just got my first comedy record for Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah. See, a comedy record on vinyl, that's something that's really cool, too, because I think, like, it's difficult for our generation to do this, but to really just put on something and sit around and just actively listen. Yeah. And I think a comedy record requires that even more than, than music. Yeah. I got Thank God for Jokes by Mike Big though. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a good one to have. Thanks, Dad. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Birbiglia has a lot of re-listen value, I think. I agree. Not every comic has that. Yeah, it's it's because it's stories, you know? Yeah. Solo plays. Yeah. and You know, when he did the new one, he brought it to Broadway and he called it a one-man show. Yeah. I was like, that makes sense, because I had having seen it prior at Michigan Theater, be jealous, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, it makes total sense that he's going to call this a one-man show. I saw him do My Girlfriend's Boyfriend. Did you? Yeah. That it was... was incredible wow like that was maybe like mid to mid last decade now that i'm now that we're in the new decade i don't remember honestly it was a long time ago um but it was i remember the show and it was great um and that's still one of my favorites of his maybe my favorite of his where was it the venue it was at michigan state like somewhere i don't know what the venue's called it's one of the like places that can house places at michigan state oh okay i'll have to like hit you do you like i mean in general like going to see live comedy or yeah i'm gonna go see middle ditch and schwartz i got tickets for that who middle ditch and schwartz it's ben schwartz and thomas middle ditch oh i never heard um thomas middle ditch is in like silicon valley and Mm. ben schwartz was in parks and rec um and they're both improv comedians and oh they do two two man improv improv is impressive like do you know those those two guys that are in all the sonic commercials yeah well they're they're actually pretty popular chicago improv comics really yeah i saw them live at this improv club in chicago one time wow. and it, it, it you know it was a small place like all table seating and just improv comedy is like some of the most impressive shit yeah. to me i'm thrilled because like i love those two um they used to be in a lot of jake and amir videos um, mm-hmm. And Ben Schwartz is just like so, so, so funny to me. And Thomas Middleditch is too, but Ben Schwartz especially is like, just like, I love him. And uh, so I'm thrilled. Yeah, it was, it was pretty expensive, but I'm, I'm pumped about it. Have you ever felt inspired, like saw a comedy, comedy show or a comedian and felt inspired musically? Like taking something from a, yeah, and it's kind of a stretch. Yeah, I think with the new one, it did that for me. What was like some of it the, just made me think more about family and children, which is already something I write about a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah. See, like comedy will indirectly um inspire me in a way. Like Plus, I mean, it's just like if you even if you watch long form comedy like Mike Birbiglia, it's like it ends on a one liner most of the yeah. time. And yeah. it's the same thing with a song, you know, you you come from a one liner. Yeah, or like his little, like a little punchline, mini punchline he throws in the middle of a joke that's like a weird little fill or like a weird little transition yeah. that kind of makes a part that, you know, the part itself is much bigger than that, but like that little thing thrown in there is like yeah. a nice touch that makes it more memorable. But like music, for, like comedy, like, you know, Chris D'Elia, for instance, that's a guy who's like 
almost 40 years old and dresses like he's you know 16 and trendy like, it's it's so weird i love him but I it's so weird did you watch the, did you watch you no that's on my list he's a bad guy yeah in you and it was crazy man but like the fact that he's so himself you know i found out about is, him from whitney what, how did yeah. you find, did you a lot find of people out did. no i found out him uh first time i saw him was the justin bieber roast <laughs> and then i watched his sure. first stand-up white male black sure. comic with like the drunk girls bit yeah and then i kind of peripherally knew of him since then but i became a really big fan of his once i discovered his podcast a couple years ago okay i think he's funnier sure. off stage than he is on stage i agree and i'm not huge into his stand-up but congratulations this is freaking great he's he's just his- naturally gifted like it's like almost like when he tries to be funny on stage it's not as good as just the natural essence of his personality it's like we're getting the singles from the album yeah you know what i mean yeah um so like yeah and i like i love his instagram more than like anything else. yeah <laughs> the videos he sends to brian callen like is that like his opener no brian callen is a. Uh, it's like his best friend he, okay. they like you know he's like 10 years older than crystalia but when chris was like first starting comedy in la like brian was like one sure. of his mentors and stuff but brian callen is not as uh, successful is f- in terms of like ticket sales and stuff as as Crystalia. So Chris will send him videos like, "Hey, Bry, heard you uh, did a had a nice show at the Wilbur in Boston on New Year's Eve. Heard it sold out. You know, right up to the last minute though. How many seats does that hold? Fourteen hundred. And then he's will be like, "Yeah, I did the Chicago Theater New Year's Eve, two shows. I think it holds like thirty five hundred seats. Like he just like does like these brag things to him." Yeah. yeah he's great he's great um but that isn't what i'm but the point is like that actually inspired me listening to him all the time made me more inspired to just be myself which has led oh, to sure. me being more sure. vulnerable in songwriting i think yeah. indirectly i could just be out on a and i here. bet when i i bet listening to armchair expert makes me dig a little deeper sometimes um makes me feel dumb really sometimes maybe if it's expert on expert but i don't know i usually feel like i don't know i I think he's so vulnerable in in his like need to be manly yeah where he'll be like this is such a big flaw of mine that i have to work on where i am obsessed with myself and all these things but he's so self-aware yeah you know like and like that is inspiring to like try to be a little try to be more self self-aware and like a little bit more analytical of everything yeah i shouldn't have said i feel dumb i feel like i'm lacking you know like from i guess in a humanity sense like i feel like i could be a much better person sure i could be more self-aware i could be more humble and i could be more like in tune i think i think what i get from it is that like i yeah i can I, I just don't think that that makes you less of a good person i guess that's fair but like you know, i think that's just in a, a piece of awareness that's really good that you get from it yeah and i think like feeling like you have work to do on yourself is you're already halfway there right just feeling that way right because i can't imagine what it would be like but you know there's people out there that like can't take any critiques like they don't yeah have any like insight into their flaws but i think like being a musician especially the type of music you and i play like sure it's 
an awareness of your flaws is going to be inherent in that an awareness in like the darker side of things is inherent in like making this type of art yeah so like you're naturally going to be drawn to the people who are self-aware because it's like it's like oh here's this person who's famous and is also aware of their flaws that makes me feel better about how i am i haven't listened to his podcast in a while besides the christmas special because the christmas special is super cute was it they him and his wife christmas songs and there's multiple people on there but yeah she does I haven't, yeah, I haven't Sing. listened to it in a while either. It's so cute. Pete Holmes, I haven't listened to a lot either. No, um, I, I recently, I got kind of sick of Pete Holmes a little bit. I like him, but like, um, just hasn't had like a lot of guests that I care about in a while. Yeah, and I listen to a daily NBA podcast and a daily news podcast, so it's hard when like they don't have guests that I'm really into. You're that big into the NBA, huh? Daily, you're listening to daily podcasts. Yeah. So the thing th- is, like, that's what I do instead of watching every game. Yeah. You can say way more informed that way. I watch some game. I haven't watched a lot of games lately, honestly. I watched some basketball last night, though. Um, and it was great. Like, it was a, a lot of, a couple good games, but December sucks, man. Like, besides Christmas Day, like, December is full of trash games half the time. Um, and then january and february like right now the all like the all-star voting the first round of all-star votes just came in and people are gonna start getting all hyped up about that stuff you're gonna start seeing better performances from from the stars and yeah we're gonna get into the all-star weekend coming up in february so like this is this is a very fun time and then you get another lull and um what about college basketball and then march madness comes up and that's my shit michigan michigan state is on sunday oh yeah. yeah tomorrow i'll watch that I'll watch that probably. Um, Michigan State will whoop. You think so? Or do you have like a fan? Are you a fan? I can see. I can see it now. Are you a fan of like either a college or a professional <laughs> basketball team or you just like this? I don't sport? really watch a lot of college basketball, but I always root for Michigan State and Oakland University. Oakland's cool. Oakland first. Michigan State always whoops the shit out of Oakland like once a year. Yeah, I know. I used to go. It was great. Oh, really? Yeah, it was <laughs> the most fun thing of the year. Um, We'd go to the palace and they'd play there, and Kay Felder dropped like thirty-five points. And oh, you played at the palace game, and it was against against Michigan State. We would have the game at the palace. Oh, oh okay. Um, you said we as if like you were on the team. Uh, I was in the freaking Grizz gang, dude. The Grizz gang, dude. That's just what they called the crowd that was like over there. Did you go to Oakland? Yeah, for undergrad. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I didn't realize you went. So to Oakland. it goes Oakland, Eastern, Michigan State. Okay. What was the experience like going to undergrad at Oakland? Like, did you live on campus or? I did my freshman year and I just lived off campus and Big it was great. Event. I loved that. I worked at the rec center. That was great. That's was one of those fun. schools that, like I, I hear about people going to. I've never like gone and experienced like Oakland University. It's a commuter though. school mostly, but like it's slowly becoming less and less so. So like everybody that lives on campus like loves it. Yeah. It was a very positive place and there was a, there's a really great vice president of student affairs so like i worked for the rec center which was under the division of student affairs and we got we just like it was great we had we had like everything we needed we felt like we had a strong vice president we got a new president when we were there who was awesome and she like um has a phd and she's very interested in like um just medicine and and wellness and then she gave she helped us get a lot of grant money at the rec center for for like a new well-being program and stuff so it was the four years there were just great and like That's most cool. of it revolved around me working at the rec center but did you um what was your relationship with music like then 
my freshman year it was i had played a lot of like just like in my dorm room and yeah. stuff like i i didn't play shows and stuff until like my senior year of college mm-hmm. um and i kind of didn't play a lot for a couple of years but i always listened to a lot of music and yeah. i and i i feel like getting into like modern baseball made me like get back into playing a lot of music and making me start playing in a band modern baseball huh and then because before that i just always had like this idea that i just wanted to do it by myself um, yeah like a lot of the musicians i loved and then i was like oh i could just play with a band and that would be fun to do and then i did and then it just was so fun that like i just continue to do that with bands now this reminds me of a question that i've been wanting to ask you I want you, if the, to the best of your knowledge, to chronicle the growth of Ship and Sail as far as like how members were added, and like okay, I mean it's not it's turning not, into like what it's it not is not super complicated, okay, because it jumped like because you told me you have a lot, so many people in in the band now. So first it was just me, and then so there's been a lot of member changes, yeah, and then once we solidified then i just added a bunch of people so first it was like me steve kroll from space cadet anthony zito from space cadet and jacob hanlon oh okay from dog like yeah but was also in my band cat spenton um oh jacob we, was we started together we didn't even talk about that when jacob was over here i don't think no we never yeah, well, talked we, about cat spenton we started that band me him and joel and then aaron and yeah it was great um so they were playing, and then Haley replaced Steve Kroll. So it was me, Haley, Zito, and Jacob. And then eventually Jacob left, and Mike joined, which was amazing. Not Mike like on drums. No, I don't mean that amazing. Like amazing that Jacob left. Yeah, but yeah. I was super nervous about finding a new drummer because I was so comfortable with Jacob. Mm, yeah, and I and I like he's just such a great drummer like from go i was like i don't know how to play with a drummer and then we just did it and i was like holy cow you're great and yeah, then i really like with jam mike, mike it was very similar and but just a very different style of music and he loves playing this like folk style of music so as i continue to go back to the stuff i really love um he's really good with it so then it was me Haley, zito and mike and then Haley got too busy with uh bombastic dream posting parkway in columbia and um stuff like that so uh then tanner joined and then, i didn't know tanner was playing with you yeah so tanner plays now we got rid of the like she was playing electric guitar and i was playing electric guitar and that was like a totally different thing than the record yeah but it was super fun yeah um it's now have a little bit of tanner a plays acoustic guitar and i play banjo oh um so then when we had our first show this just happened that the first show that he played was also a, a like a bigger show that i was gonna i was planning on having a lot of people come in elijah burlow was coming up from chicago i thought elijah burlow had an awesome folk band i wanted to show off stephanie apollo was on the show i love stephanie apollo um and then zito was on the show uh as holy profane so we then i got the seven piece band together and and Noah had played cello on the record. I had Noah come play cello. Spencer is a good friend of mine. Uh, Noah Wright, who is your yeah, drummer. Yeah, I should say for the podcast. Uh, played cello. Noah's still never been on the fucking Spencer podcast. Spencer Haithcock came up and played trumpet. Um, Jake Reese, 
uh, is now playing electric guitar at like hopefully all the full band shows. Um, and he's doing like slide guitar and oh, that's some cool. leads and stuff. And he's probably going to play a uh, lead part on the record. Um, uh, Zito's playing bass still. Um, Are there ever times during rehearsal where you have to like tell someone to scale it back because there's just so much going on? Yeah, all the time. Um, but we're all just kind of learning how to do that together because like yeah. most of us have not been in a seven-piece folk band before. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so it's quite the undertaking on your part to like organize all that kind of, but I don't, I don't make them play anything specific. So like, I'm not right. But even the scheduling of like getting everybody together, we just practice like once or twice. Everyone's so good. It's crazy. Well, they can just listen to the record. That's one of the great things about having a record out. I can just speak to, but we, and we play new songs too. And like, we'll play it once or twice. Like last, and then last show, that we did full band Zito couldn't play and then I was gonna do this like little three piece thing and then Jake was like you know I could play again you know and yeah Pat Badesky was like you know we're practicing for No Funk Club and No Funk Club's playing the set I'm gonna be there I could play bass and that kid just like I don't know I don't know if he played anything wrong I, I think he just like understood the songs before he played them somehow yeah it was crazy um, so he filled in for bass like day of like or maybe two practices or something like that. I would see like crazy. I'd be like, so nervous. I mean, I'm I'm shocked at the talent level of them. You know, yeah. Well, granted, too the the song structures aren't so complex that it would be impossible to do. Sure, you know what I mean because you're playing folk music. It's very lyrically driven. But when you're like blasting your trumpet, it's very easy yeah. to be wrong. Absolutely, yeah. And when you're and when you're playing cello, like thank god he had played on the ep because like yeah that ep is still very much like how i write and we play a couple songs off it three songs off it i think we did then yeah i so working with noah has been really cool he's so good he is and it's like my only complaint is like sometimes he's just hard to get a hold of <laughs> and like yeah, you know, know what i, I mean know. it's but like he, he fills in for no fun club sometimes and he's yeah he just picked it up so quick here's something that's really funny is we have a show scheduled on January 10th and I reminded Noah about it. He's like, oh shit, dude. You might have to do that one solo because I already told No Fun Club I'm playing. Yeah. I'm like, hey, that's the same show, dude. Oh, really? Yeah, it turned out, we didn't realize it at the time either, but then later I looked at the bill. I was like, oh my God. Like he had to cancel our show for his, sh- I mean, you know what I that's mean? Like so he funny. didn't have to cancel. He can play both sets. You just got to play two. That's awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. just really funny. I'm actually not playing that show though. Oh, you're not? No, I'm. Uh, I have like, an event at work that I'm just like someone I'm, filling in on bass. Uh, Pat Badesky's gonna play bass. Oh, okay. So let's do a three piece thing. Don't tell anyone. I won't. Pat. Ugh, Pat Rick. Pat Rick. Yeah, he's a he's a killer bass player and guitar player. He's a bit master too. It's crazy, man. These these all these kids are so good. Yeah. And I say kids like they're not older than me, but they are. Or, <laughs> right. or they're my age or they're a little younger, maybe. I don't know. Um, I'm not, still, not Pat. Pat's a little bit older, but. I'm still trying to like find people to fill out our band. Like I think Spencer hates Well, ask somebody that's not me because I don't want to. Right. No, it's you got so much going on, dude. <laughs> like Spencer Haithcock might be playing bass, I guess. Nice. Um, He's a great bass player. Yeah. And then. Just good uh, at music in general, yes. Buddy Charlie from Glass Piece. Oh, um, Glass Piece is on. 
Yeah. The compilation. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I asked Charlie to play acoustic guitar. Cool. For it. I think that'd be like a cool layer, and he's, he seems pretty down for that. So I will play growing. banjo in people's bands if they need it, but I can't practice very often. They call him the banjo but kid. I'm, but I'm good enough at it to just practice a few times, and you'll know in those few times whether I'm good enough to actually play or not. <laughs> if I ever need say, a banjo part if you ask you me and then I come and then I suck and then you don't want me to come play the show I won't be offended will you actually not be offended no I won't be offended I don't, I don't care you just don't want other people to you know feel how excited I am to play you. shows all the time I know you're always just like ah, I don't want to do this I, just, I, I get the imposter syndrome thing the, the, the thing we were talking about earlier let's I, I gotta take a break real quick okay do you have any coffee we can make some coffee that sounds great Invitetheneighbors.com slash Patreon. I just uh, made a good job. Oh, damn it. Yeah, you kind of did. And we're rolling still. We're right, rolling cool. right now? Yeah. Yeah, we're back. I just made a good joke off air. Yeah, it was really good. So good that we're not going to share it. Um, Because it, it's career ending. You can pay me to share it uh, in person to Patreon.com slash Colin Haggerty. Um, <laughs> I th- you know what I want to do? What do you want? And I think... Spoiler alert, this might end up being you, but I want to do a guest of the year every year, like Fighter and the Kid does. And Fighter and the Kid? Fighter and the Kid, it's a podcast. What you should do, when did you start your May. podcast last year? So do a, do a one year and then do year ends after that. So do one in May and then do one for 2020 and then do one for 2021, 2022, 2020. Yeah, I thought about that, but I just think like just to make it neater because if i did one in may and then i did another one yeah but then forever after that you're on track yeah and you did one more i think i'm just gonna do each year as much as your uh advice means nothing to me i think i'm gonna do no i'm just joking i no. that's that's one of the things i thought about basically what i want to do though i just want to like leave it up to listener vote like their favorite episode but i don't know how many people would actually vote because like i don't get I get, a, you know, I would be worried that the that the band with the most followers would get would get it. It's possible, but the only people if, who would see it to vote would be the people who follow me. So, like, well, can they just retweet it if they wanted to? I guess, yeah. If if, 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 if someone wanted to be like, vote for us. If someone wanted to be a real, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that's that. That's what dude. I would do. I should just announce the guest of the year based on listens or based on like sure yeah i'll do that i need to go through everything though because it, it's it, it's tough though because if i do it then it looks like i'm playing favorites because clearly i would be and sure or you could just do what you said yeah probably be fine and just like put a put a message out there like hey don't abuse this this is an honor system like or if everybody abuses it it's the same i guess that's so true. Yeah, I just like it's a good idea, no matter what. Yeah, I just want to think of, think of different ways to like engage listeners. Because I feel like I don't get. I'm trying to think of different ways that I can win this award. I mean, show up on the podcast five times. Maybe I should wear a suit. <laughs> uh, next time I'm gonna wear hey, a suit. Next everyone time wear something at least. Everyone listening, I'm gonna wear <laughs> something. I'm gonna wear a suit next time. That'll do it. I uh. I like a man in uniform. <laughs> like a man in uniform. Me too. At work, I'm a strict one about the uniform. But uh, yeah, I just uh, 
I think I feel like I get a disproportionate amount of social media engagement to the the number of people who listen to the podcast. You know, like even my Spotify followers, I have like X number of individual listeners, but significantly lower number of people who follow it on Spotify or subscribe. Sure, sure. I got to think of like different ways. See, I I've, I have to follow all the all the uh, podcasts I listen to, or else I will forget about them. Yeah, it just makes it pop up into your feed. Like music, I've I've I follow the bands a lot less. I forget to is what I mean. Not yeah, I don't intend to, but yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people that don't. Also, follow I swear I unfollow them by accident constantly. Really? Have you found this ever on Instagram? I'll follow somebody, but it oh, doesn't. I mean on Spotify. Oh, okay. No, I don't really. Own, I've never. I don't follow a lot of podcasts on social media. Actually, I don't see a lot of podcasts. Normally, what's on a lot social of them media? Just like tweet the day of the, or the people who run the podcast have a twitter sure but not I, their podcast more often i would follow that i yeah. would follow their personals more like i follow no dunks which is the daily nba one mm-hmm. and i follow all of their personals because they're oh, hilarious okay. but yeah and then like i follow josh clark and chuck w bryant but i don't follow like stuff you should know hmm. the, probably i was thinking know. like what if i made a group like a facebook group for pop listeners of this podcast where they could like discuss episodes and stuff but I, I just don't know if people would actually do that be cool though it'd be cool if people did i mean there's enough listeners that if everybody engaged a little bit like it would yeah it'd be worth it but yeah i don't know we had that fucking midwest emo like shit posting thing for a while that was a nightmare i don't ever want that to come back yeah i don't think pat ray wants it to come back either no he have you seen pat ray's facebook cover photo it's like it's I think Mike and Sella's tweet that says like it's weird to be someone oh, that yeah, a stranger yeah. makes fun of online. I'm like, yeah, that's, I like, that's Pat. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Scrooge about about the memes and I know that it's like lame of me, but yeah, well dude, I am too. It's Hence- it's, be, it's like it's like watching it's like watching what's his name? Danny Tanner, Bob Saget do comedy and you're just like this is all low hanging fruit, man. Yeah. You're just pick you're just picking apples at the apple farm. Yeah. Well, dude, that was like, before I started the podcast, I was not in that group or I got like kicked out when it was downsized because no one knew who I was because I didn't have any reason for anyone to know who I was. And I felt so like out of the cool kids club and I had this resentment like towards like the meme culture and I'm like, where's all the serious conversation? Hence podcast. So in in a way that kind of inspired me to like, oh, I got to give these people a reason to give a shit about me. Yeah. That I was very excited that you wanted to do that because, yeah, you're the second second just, episode. Much to my chagrin, because I should have been the first. <laughs> yeah, you got to take but, that up with past life, dude from Philly. No, that was cool though that you actually got a, a touring band on first. That I know, yeah, I was excited of, uh, about that instead of me. It set the tone. I feel like, but I also didn't know you as well then. Right, I think I reached out to you. Right, I played it. I played in complainer at your house the one time and i think that's when you, but we had already talked oh no you online. told me on instagram yeah you noticed that we had both been like liking chris D'Elia stuff yes that's what it and was that's like, what it was you were like are you a baby too that's like, what it was true baby too that's hilarious yeah yeah and since i've listened to less and less of that po- i i haven't <laughs> listened to that podcast in forever it's so good but dude. um just because it is does he have guests now uh, only he's only ever had his brother on gotcha. twice. It's tough to listen to you all the time, but it is very good. Yeah, 
I yeah, he's my fucking hero. I I love I would love to have a platform like that where I could essentially just complain. Yeah, and make money doing it. And like he has to, he's very funny, like he's clever and funny while he does it. Like there's there's an art to it, but it essentially Well, some people are just like have natural born abilities yeah. and his is making people laugh. Yeah, One and of the funniest it, on the planet. Yeah. I I think he's great. Whereas you like you're natural, you can really pull off a green beanie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like you look great in green. Yeah, I pull I pull off the forest green beanie. Muted you. earth tones, let me hit up my boy Colin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I decked out in them. I've got some good responses from the last podcast with with Tanner. With Tanner, good. Tanner is a great one. He he has like the craziest. He could he half the time he doesn't play a show, or he didn't release anything for a long time. People just love him, man. I think people he should just, be famous. People always go to his shows. He's people go to his show and leave after he plays, so he always has to play last. He doesn't realize how good he is. I, don't I know. Think. Like I watched him. He headlined that last show we played at the Blind Pig, and he only played like five songs. And I was like demanding more, and you just went. And I was just, he's so good live. The kid is special, man. So good. And he had his harmonica. I saw it too. Yeah. Yeah. The emotion in his performance is so good. I was just. You believe it? Yeah. You believe what he says? You know, and yeah. it's important. Yeah, he's a definitely a diamond in the rough, dude. He got me back into Bob Dylan recently, and now I understand everything about Tanner's uh, being. But that record, I mean, we already talked about it on that last episode, but that record is just so creative, dude. Like, the the transitions that he does from, like, one part to yeah. another completely different part and have it how, work. I don't know how you come up with that. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you're, you're my, what, where is this coming from in your and head? I don't know what he's... I don't really know what he's listening to. Dude. I think Bon Iver. Um, like I, I, I told him like I think it reminded me of like yeah. I'm wide awake. It's morning. Meets like, um, uh, for Emma forever ago. Like I thought yeah. a little bit of that. And he said he said he was I was correct. I was close. He said Bright Eyes meets Bon Iver is what I'm going for. He did tell me that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's true. I know that that's not what he listens to all the time, but yeah, probably um, not all the time. But you know what I mean. But I know that that is very much like because he's such he's such a good singer is the crazy part to me. Yeah, like to just hear him effortlessly sing like that is so amazing. Yeah, like and the, now like we played a duo ship and sail set the other day where it was just like me and him. Yeah, I saw a video of that. When when he's singing with me, it just makes it easier somehow. I don't know. He's so good. You can default to harmony. <laughs> yeah, right. You know I mean? Yeah, like he's he's, he's just. And he plays guitar just in such a unique way. He's very good dynamically. Like his performances mm-hmm. He's rise loud. and fall. Yeah. He seeing like I love that record so much, but seeing it live is so fucking awesome. Like I was yeah. I, I couldn't get it's over a whole it. Different was, game. Me and Spencer pulled up bar stools to the front by the stage at Blind Pig and we're just sitting That's there bobbing like our heads. There too. God, I feel like every time I'm there I'm like it just in pain for some reason. <laughs> I do not like the blind pig anymore. What's your favorite place to play? Well, I don't mind playing the blind pig. What's your favorite? I don't like it. Um, the Pike Room, maybe. The Pike Room is awesome. I don't consistently play there, but right, I have three or four times, probably four times, five maybe. I'd really. That's on my list of my short list of places I really, really want to play this year. We played a Cass Benton set there. We play. I guess we played. Th- I played three times there. Caspen, Ship and Sail, and No Fun Club. I've played there. Um, 
ship and sail was was really great but the but cast men's was really great too because i i remember i was not feeling great i was excited about the show but then the day came and i was not feeling very good like mentally yeah and not in the kind of way that makes you play well yeah but something just like clicked with them and then I was kind of like, there's some weird stuff about how we were setting up and how little room we had because of mm-hmm. the back line was like massive, like I'd never seen before. And um, Jacob's Jacob had a new kit, not a new kit, but like his kit was was like kind of big, which like not too big. It was perfect. It was awesome. Yeah. But then like there was another kit backlined, but it wasn't like backline backline. It was like set up. Yeah. So it was like taking up so much room and like it was crazy. But then I just like clicked into gear. All the space cadet, space cadet guys were there. A lot of people were there. Um, and I don't know. It was great. Uh, and then the ship and sail show was on Mother's Day. The first one after my mom died, which was which was really cool. And that was with Michigander and Stephanie yeah. Apola. And, and uh, you you feel pretty yeah, sentimental about like anniversaries of things. Like do you? Feel yeah, like, I'm weird about that. I don't know if I'm weird about that. I I I, 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 I feel the same way. Sentimental about that kind of stuff too. Yeah. It's just like, it's one of those things where like, I don't believe in a higher power, like a God, um, or heaven. Yeah. So I don't think that there exists anymore, that these people exist anymore. So my only way to, the closest thing is to talk about them and honor them on certain days and dedicate certain things to them to make that the realest thing for me. It was, it's a really, I don't know if I told you this specifically, but I told you like the reason I wanted to play on that show on February yeah. 8th is because mm-hmm. that was the day like my, my friend died, but his funeral ended up being on my birthday. Yeah. So every year, wow. like on my birthday. And February 8th is my birthday. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mine's the 13th. So like every year on my birthday, it's like we kind of subtly, I mean, less and less as the year go on, but always a little bit, we just kind of remember him. So like. That's very cool. It sucks that it happened at that time but now if it's going to happen he's going to be gone if we don't get a choice in it it's kind of cool that like right. the time we spend remembering him that and his birthday but one of those times is like on my birthday yeah which is kind of cool and i am definitely sentimental about those things my uh, they matter to me you know my brother passed away in 2017 my mom in 2018 and she planned this bench because she knew she was going to pass away Mm-hmm. she had cancer she planned this bench where uh like in lieu of a headstone yeah and like it says on the bottom part it's like a stone on the bottom part it says like linda Haggerty and uh the year she was born the year she died and then my brother's name eric schumann the year he's born and then you're the and the, the stop the top part that you can sit on which i haven't yeah done because it feels weird i know it's the point mm-hmm. but i'm like you're still hanging out in a graveyard it feels weird to sit on this this thing yeah um that says baker which was like her maiden name and family name and then inside like if you took off the top part like the oh. seat there's ashes oh okay so my buddy's got a bench too which is really cool yeah because like his is we won't spend too much time talking about graveyards but at the at the very end uh i mean he's at his plot his spot is at the very back so like and he has a bench so i can go there and i go there every time i'm in town just to make sure that like it's cleaned up and i you know i i'm very into loyalty like right even in death like i'm always going to be like a loyal friend to him so like i'll go there make sure that 
sometimes people will go there and drink and they'll leave like a beer can or something, which I understand, but like I clean it up, you know, or I'll clean up cigarette butts that people leave just, you know, just to, as an excuse to go there. But it's nice that it's at the very back because I can sit on the bench and face away from everything else and only see the woods. My dad used to do that um, for his dad a lot, but we don't live as close to the grave anymore which is uh so he still goes but he doesn't go as often as he used to i don't think it's an odd choice it's a it's a difficult it's a weird thing to think about like for me especially because i've been i've been close to so many different places it's like where do i want to be buried is it's, it's like kind of yeah. a weird thing it's like on one hand it's I like don't i don't really care don't because be. well you know like where do you would you want even like your remains to be you know it's just like yeah. a strange i basically thought. want like if my kids would want my ashes then i'm fine with that and if not like the tree maybe yeah. the tree thing yeah i mean just bear put throw me in a hole frank reynolds style dude just throw me in a hole no box i do like the like creepy romantic aspect of like my body being buried in a box it is really weird. Now that I'm like really thinking into it and how weird and creepy it is, I do like that and do sort of want that. Like I like the idea of people seeing me dead at my funeral. Yeah. The only thing that lives beyond you is your ego. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point there. Yeah. It's like we need to have like oh, these $7,000 fucking is it to say that I, that carcass I want boxes. them to see me when I'm dead. I don't know. No, it's just like the, the human humanity in general, like the ego, like it we, is, we it need is. to have these keep yeah. up appearances even after we're fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a strange thing. Hey, if this and is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome. And it's just um, like, how many, how many people are we going to bury? Where are we going to put them? Let's stop putting them in fucking boxes. Exactly. Let we got it. I look like if I'm going to put them in the rainforest, and if I'm going to say that, and if I'm going to say that, I might as well just not be buried. I should get, I should be, I should be burned. Yeah. Well, the mob will probably kill you, so they'll they'll take care of that. So I'll be swimming with the fishes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Luca Brasi. That's with fine the with me. I would love to be swallowed by a whale as my way of going. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? But someone told me a lot of times they don't open their mouths; they just open their lips, and the fish go between their teeth, and I oh. probably wouldn't. So that was kind of a bummer. So I probably won't get eaten by a whale. Do you consider yourself like the human equivalent of a krill? If we're all just fish? Of a krill? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I don't feel that way. That's good. But one time, I think I didn't know what a krill was ever until one time my friend told me about this girl he knew that wrote this 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 song about him when we were in high school and it was about a krill and she was the krill or something. That's, that's And it really... was super funny. Yeah, if that's a serious thing, then wow. It was hilarious. <laughs> so, back to the comp. Well, well you know, periodically. Just yeah, we'll go back just bounce around. I yeah, like yeah. That. I'm into um, that. Were there... First of all, let's let's give shout-outs to, like, who all is on it. Yeah, let's do that. Let me pull out my phone so I remember everybody. But the first First, track, let's, let's uh, bash whoever said they were going to be on it, but wasn't. No, I'm just <laughs> joking. Um, so... In order, and where can people find this? By the way, Bandcamp. Okay. dot com slash wait no shipandsale.bandcamp.com. Okay, I think is what it is. Or you can go to the link in my bio on Instagram, ship underscore and underscore sale, or search ship and sale on Google, and 
it will come up Sweet. if you search ship and sail band Sweet. or band camp or something like that. But I think it's just ship and sail.bandcamp.com. Um, the first track is Empty Hotel by the Sea by me and the boom, Mike and Sean. My producer Sean played um, some keys on it. Uh, second track is The Big Picture by Holy Profane, a.k.a. Anthony Zito. Is that like his solo thing? Yep, okay. a.k.a. He's the bassist in Ship and Sail, a.k.a. He's the bassist in Bombastic Dream Pussy, a.k.a. He plays guitar and sings in Space Cadet, and he's the best. Not too many bands, but... Good. Probably one of the best people and musicians in the world. Common Knowledge is the third track by Young Ritual. Uh, Dylan is a sweetheart. If you've never seen Young Ritual live, you you just have to do it. It's it's. I hit Dylan up by the way to come be on the podcast. It is magical, and like everything feels very glamorous, and like his voice is just like out of this world. Like, it's great on the records, of course, and, like, it's always been great when I saw him play acoustic and stuff, but when he's just really going for it, it's just Yeah, I'm just excited amazing. to have him on eventually. Um, he's playing that show on my birthday. Yeah. I'm thrilled to be playing a show with them. Um, yeah. Great, great person. Uh, First Day of My Life by Kevin Rice, a.k.a. the singer and guitar player in Follyball. Uh, Kevin is a great friend, great person. It's a DIY Super saint. Super goofy. Yeah, DIY saint. Runs Greenhouse DIY spot in Kalamazoo. Yeah. Which I've played a couple times. Very fun. <clears throat> Playing out there in March, end of March, doing a weekender in Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, and uh, Lansing. Nice. Yeah. I've never played in Grand Rapids. I love Grand Rapids. Um, Playing with Pretoria. The fifth track is False Advertising by Burnt Root, which is uh, Spencer Haithcock. Um, this track. I, I love this track. And it was a lot of Spencer like being like, I don't know if this is good. And me being like, dude, <laughs> this is very good. Uh, yeah, Spencer is, is one of my greatest pals. And I love this track. And uh, Then we got Glass Pieces version of It's Cool, We Can Still Be Friends, which is a song that I just do not listen to very often. But then as soon as like they sent me their demo, I like put it on and like got transported back to high school. And like, nice. it was hilarious. Um, an attempt to, t- uh, to tip the scales uh, by Daddy and the Long Legs, which, as usual, they did not disappoint on this Marco track. Marco kills. I just love, like, Marco's voice has this, like, desperation in a lot of the yeah. songs. And, like, that's what Connor has, too. Yes. But Marco's is, like, he's also singing really well at the same time. It's very, like, instead yeah. of having that, like, sort of bad voice that connor has that people say it's like a it's like a naturally good voice and has the desperation and so that's well put and yeah that band is just great both of them travis travis is a wonderful person too uh we were just chatting the other day about the jedi game we're both pretty sad about how it ended so if you played the game (laughs) you can hit me up and we can talk about it. two people on this podcast we even know listening to the podcast we even know what that is um tired who is alex jean did lua which lua is a classic we needed yep. another classic on here i'm wide well, gl- awake it's morning i'm glad she came through for that um yeah uh and then you in oh, wow. a daydream four in wins daydream yep blowing uh yeah not anything else to say about that good leads yeah i wish i would have done more but 
that's because I'm the one who did it, so I'm always going to think it could have been better. But yeah. It's also a mouthful. Glasses, Gansons, Hanson, yeah. I do, I am ha- proud of the, the vocal harmonies, though. The harmonies, like yeah. in the chorus, I think those sound pretty cool. Yeah, you did a good job on that. Um, Young Adult Fiction did LAX. Uh, <laughs> the chorus in this song is, all my songs are sounding out of tune or something like that. And he played it on an out of tune piano and it's like double tracked or something and it sounds the like beautifully bad that Tanner loves yeah, to Tanner's do. a genius. We we know. It's perfect. And I um if I recall, I think there's someone else singing on it as well. It's super good and it's a great song. It's very simple, just sad, drunk Connor Oberst tune. Hmm. Um probably i think it's about his ex-wife who knows her separated wife or whatever is going on i don't know the 11th and second to last track is if winter ends by serencia uh with a little robert frost in the beginning of it um okay serencia is a good pal from the the rejects in the attic page on facebook uh who are we're a bunch of obsessed avid brothers fans um i've never met derek but we uh chat all the time oh cool we're good, we're good avid friends good pals we talk about music Internet he is, he's also covered uh my song sinner and it was oh so sweet. good that's flattering he has one of the one of the best voices of like people i know and has a record called morning blues that's one of my favorite records of people i know um for sure where's he from new jersey oh new jersey i think don't be mad if i'm wrong it's from the internet you know i forgot Derek knows where I'm from because I'm always like playing Michigan. Yeah. Um, and then the final track is Mama Borthwick by Heather Cook. Um, Mama Borthwick is maybe my favorite track on Salutations. Heather Cook is an incredible singer songwriter. Um, she's got a killer voice. The uh, just the whole thing, the arrangement is perfect on this. Um, it's a piano song, but she did it on a guitar. Oh, cool! Which made it like different and um, just like. Her singing it is just beautiful, and I love the way it's done. And were there any songs, where, like any ar- arrangement choices that were surprising or interpretations that you felt were like a pleasant surprise? Or Young Rituals was cool because it was like what sounded kind of like a Wurlitzer-style synthy thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like the root of the song. Like there wasn't like a guitar part it was mm. like holding the song down or anything like that it was just a very sparse and like his voice was the leading part of the whole thing oh that's um, cool. that was very cool um and then obviously the robert frost part in the serencia track was very cool um i'm trying to think of what else lua is like reverb heavy like just drenched and it's hmm. very cool um yeah, I think that was kind of some of my favorite stuff that people did. And I don't know if you want to talk about this at all, but like you're trying to like get the attention of of Connor Oberst and like just so that he can see yeah, that. Yeah, Connor, if you're listening to this, <laughs> check it out. I think it's pretty good. Have you have you heard back from anybody? Uh no. No. Yeah, your manager I, asked me for more information and then I gave him more information, he didn't respond. Hmm. So yeah, I thought it was maybe a long shot, but for me, and it's easy for me to say because I'm not in this position, but if I were him, I would think that it would be really cool to see like a like a community of like musicians getting together and sure. organizing it and sure. all paying tribute to 
what I did, you know, like if I, if in his position, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. But you know, whatever, maybe he just hasn't seen it yet or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think eventually he doesn't seem to strike me as a type who's going to be on social media very much. Yeah. That's why I started trying to tell Phoebe Bridgers too, which would have been helpful if we had a better Oblivion Community Center track, but mm. nobody picked one and I didn't want to do one because a lot of their tracks, like the way I would do them would just be so ship and sail like. Yeah. That's why I didn't really do anything from Castego, though I wanted to do if the break man turns my way because that's different than what I would do, but. It'd be really interesting to do like a digital ash and a digital urn cover of like but like a folky instrumentation yeah probably be difficult but if i did it i probably would have ended up doing um what's it called from that record is um easy 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 lucky free and yeah that would have been obvious too yeah yeah that's like taking the postal service and then just turning it into the death cap for cutie like okay well you just added instruments instead of synths (laughs) still the same yeah, but um, that's a killer song. Um, a band I really love called Dawes did a cover of that, which was very cool. You said someone did a cover, Serencia, they did a cover of one of your songs. They've covered Sinner, yeah. It's like a video, there's like a video of it on YouTube. Was that was that the first or only time that you've had someone cover one of your songs? Yeah. What was the experience like when you like found out that they did that and listening to it? I was thrilled because like I genuinely... like love this person's music and like we became friends because we're on this facebook page and they posted like oh this is my 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 record or whatever and i saved it just to be like nice for an avid person's stats but i didn't ever like listen to it and Uh. then one day it like came up on my spotify and i was like dang this is incredible so i like reached out to them or whatever or shared the record commented or something i don't know yeah and we just slowly became friends from there so for them to have liked hymnal enough to cover a song off of it and they're doing covers like every week and stuff but yeah, most of them were like huge people's songs yeah i think it was like bony Vare or the avid brothers or something and then the next week he did like my song and I was that's tight like, i was just very thrilled Derek is you know a good pal and better voice than i could ever achieve without being specific did you when you listen to it was there anything that like bothered you like did they like reinterpret it in a way that you didn't that you wish they would have kept like just like in a selfish way like without naming certain parts or did you were you just thrilled with all of it i don't i don't know i don't think i had anything that i would have because i you know i want to i want to see how they do how they would do it yeah and it was it was similar it's very similar it was just higher pitched and it was a higher key and then um he sang really well so that made it better i just know me and like i would be so flattered if someone covered one of my songs but i know that there would be a voice in my head like if a part was taken out or something but like but that part is so critical to this blah 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 you know no, he added in like some Ba-da-ba-da-da-s. and that was so cool i'd also be afraid that they would do it better oh yeah that's you know? true for anybody like tanner yeah. has sent sent me a, a cover of a song that he's done of mine yeah just not me. even fair <laughs> and it was so much like it was and it's a, a song you know it was like the single off of a record yeah it was so good and i was just like god damn yeah he's the man any other plans for like uh different compilations like the, is there any any another band like avid brothers obviously but is there any other yeah, like group i would group do records the, you'd like i would to like do? to do the mountain goats um i also think it would do to, 
be cool to do like just a compilation record in general of original yeah. songs. I think there's some people doing that though right now. Like there's I submitted and one stuff, but like I'm I'm going to do a split with with someone soon. Tanner, <laughs> sweet. Um, yeah, that's going to be cool. Uh, we've I know we've been saying it for a long time, but it'll probably happen. Who knows? And then I have LP two coming out later. Um, but I don't know. Um, I'm open to some ideas. I think I would love. To, the problem is I would really love to do some stuff right now that I don't know a lot of a lot of people like I would love to do Mandolin Orange or the Milk Carton Kids or something like that. But those are, you know, there's not a lot of people I know that are. Yeah. Doing but, you know, maybe um, I think the Mountain Goats could be a hit with some people. Um, yeah, I think I they're know. definitely even if like, you know, you've made Internet friends and they did covers like you could also reach out like on Reddit. You could use Reddit. As it would also be fun too get some people together and cover each other's songs yeah so i think it would be really cool i'd like to do a split with a band where it's like you each do two original songs then you cover one of the other songs you cover one of each other's songs that i think that's a good classic way to do a split but i would like to do a compilation where we legitimately all cover other people's songs i mean it's all like randomized and just like or a like bunch from of bands. michigan yeah or whatever i don't know that would be fun it'd be more fun if it was all people who were friends so hit me up if if, if uh you would be interested in that, I guess. I might not do it. I might say I don't want to do it. It's, but right now, it sounds like a good idea. What song would you want to do off the top of your head? If, if like, who would you like to cover? What song? Oh, I love doing Parkway in Columbia, and I love doing Space Cadet, and I love doing. So I would have said Parkway also. Koopa Kid, those three. I've but I've done those all, and they're on my Bandcamp and Bombastering Pussy on my Bandcamp. But I think I would probably do a fully produced. Like like I did for a Connor compilation version of a bombastic dream pussy track. Okay, that would probably be the most fun for me. I think I would either pick um, one of Tanner's songs and make it like a hi-fi yeah version, or that I would potentially do too, or Young Ritual, or uh, Tyler and Parkway. They're working on a song right now that isn't released yet, but he let me listen to it a little bit while we were working on a recording yeah it's so good it's the that's new parkway cool. shit that's gonna be coming is fucking amazing that'll be cool yeah um or maybe Wanderer. i would do it. i mean maybe i'll do a full version of a great death song you know great death's new record they kind of have some stuff on there that are just like that is more like acoustically yeah they have an acoustic guitar and some of the stuff it's great i love the new record um yeah i don't know there's a lot of bands i would like to do but it just would depend on who's on it and what they want to do, but Bombastic Dream Pussy is kind of coming to my head as the one I would want to do the most because I think I could really just make it very much my own and it would be really good. Um, yeah. And not as good as the record that they're going to make, but... Um, who do you think would be like an interesting one to cover you? Like, who would you like to see cover one of your songs? Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. I'm scared like to someone, answer that like question. Some, oh, okay. I don't know. I'm trying to think like someone who would be like... I just would be so flattered for anybody to want to do it. Right. I'm just trying to think of like someone whose sound, like if they did one of your songs, it'd be like so out like, of place I've heard, for them. I've heard Pat do stuff like oh, really? in his vein of music that was like while we were hanging out, like while he was jamming on a guitar, just like sing my lyrics. That w- It would be... V- Pat would do a really good one, like a Sea Home version. Um, I would love, love, love to hear... Now that I'm in No Fun Club, it doesn't really work. Right. But before, or even like just hear Jake 
make a demo. Um, yeah. Because his demos are sweet. Uh, that would be cool too. Because Jake cares about those songs a lot. Um, yeah, Jake is is really talented. I Yeah. He's got that record label too that he's like kind of working on. Yeah, good like, luck charm. Yeah. Yeah. That was the main reason that I'm trying to have him back. Well, and to promote those yeah. new No Fun Club singles. Yeah, uh, the singles are great. I'm I'm happy they're out there. I was uh, happy to play on them. Um, Who produced them? Tyler Floyd. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So they were, they were super fun to make and I love, I'm super proud of how they came out. Um, Jake, Jake's songwriting is really impressive and his guitar playing is really impressive. So. His voice too. He's got a great like got scratchy a great voice. voice. Great voice. I love at the end of Tourist, um, especially live, uh, we cut out and he just like come and everybody kind of starts cheering because they think it's the end and then he comes back by himself and just sings and plays. Oh, that's tight. And I think it's just such a good part of this song. Yeah. I do. I love moments like that live. I have a, a song where that, that happens sometimes mm-hmm. where like they have to like stop clapping and re-listen. <laughs> I texted him today because I was like, I just, I think I ripped off one of our songs for Ship and Sail. <laughs> well, funny. I think I will uh, we'll wrap this song up. All right. Let you get to your gig. Yeah. Um, any shows coming up that you want to promote? Cause I'm going to put this out probably like February 8th or tomorrow, February 8th at Pat's house, Bella and buttons music box in Ypsilanti message me for the address message Brian for the address. It's uh going to be in a daydream, holy profane, um, ship and sail young ritual. It's going to be great. I'm excited. I'm really excited. And Big Vic. Yeah. I'm so pumped. I'm the excited. poster was made by Haley and it's killer. Oh, tight. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for coming again, Mr. Callan here. Of course. And Happy go listen to, to that, that compilation. It's really cool. There's a lot of good music on it. Cool. This song is probably called Heaven's Gates.
my way around This head that I carry now This head that's so heavy how Do you carry this round and round? Lucifer sleeps in my head And he's read all the books I said I would way back then Says don't waste your time, it's just what you'd expect Oh don't waste your time, it's just what you'd expect Peace. I like those lyrics a lot. <laughs>